From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the Datebook Podcast. I'm pop culture critic Peter Hartlob, joined today by pop music critic Ideen Vaziri and theater critic Lily Janik. We're talking about entertainment bargains today, sort of unloading our brains about the best well-priced, inexpensive, and free things to do on our Chronicle Beats. We'll talk about some of the big ones, hardly strictly Bluegrass and Stern Grove, but also some affordable entertainment off the beaten path. Places like the Piano Fight Performing Arts Space, the Endgame's Improv, music venues including the Rickshaw Stop and the Ivy Room, and the new Parkway Movie Theater in Oakland. So you're going to learn a few things. Puppets are affordable, we've decided. Lily would be an usher if she wasn't a theater critic. And there's such a thing as a pay-what-you-want movie in the Bay Area. Datebook Podcast, thank you for listening. Welcome to the Datebook Podcast, Ideen Vaziri and Lily Janik. Hey, Peter. Hey. Hey, there's a little bit of construction noise going on down here. We're in the archive where we record um, the big event, and I don't usually have construction noise. But are you guys going to be cool with that? This is, yeah. As long as we still have an office to go to (laughs) after this podcast. I figure construction means the Chronicle's like making money. There's something good going on. That's a good point. So we're all going to construction, not destruction. If they're not building a soul cycle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, you know what? We're here to talk about bargains, entertainment bargains on our beats. And this kind of came up partly because I'm so frustrated as a parent and and as someone who goes to sporting events and stuff like that how expensive things are getting and the rent is too damn high man (laughs) the the rent is super high and i find myself more and more outside of my beat looking for bargains so i thought we could all kind of help each other out and talk about some bargains on our beat i wanted to ask you though what kind of trends you're seeing if you're seeing what i'm seeing which is it's getting, especially the top end things are getting way more expensive compared to what they were maybe even five or 10 years ago. It's, um, I'll start with the music festivals that I go to. It, it has just, the, there used to be, you know, you, you could buy tickets to hang out in the field and get mud on your boots. And then you could buy VIP where you would actually have access to a clean porta potty, maybe. And that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Fancy. But now there's, you know, with Bottle Rock and uh, Outside Lands, there are all these different tiers of VIP. So you, just the plain old VIP is not good. You need, like at Bottle Rock, there's a sky deck where you can, on the main stage, you're above the soundboard on this literal deck, like just above everyone. And then... Looking uh, down on the masses. Yes. <laughs> and then there's there's the, the uh, Alta Platinum, Ultimate Platinum experience where... You're in this room, and there's gourmet food and cocktails and people hanging out, and there's the DJ in there. It's right next to the stage, but you can't see the stage, but it doesn't matter because you're yeah. you're in this amazing room. So, and, and you don't have to do that, but it seems like even the low end, I mean, you don't have to spend $10,000 to get the Bottle Rock Super Platinum, but even if you're going to a festival one day and spending... 100 or 120 dollars on a ticket there's parking there's i mean 
I can't get out of, I, I think about Niner games. That's what I go to. And I've been going since I was a kid with my parents and it was a middle-class event. And now, like if I go to three Niner games a year, that's my entertainment budget. Cause the tickets, you know, a hundred dollars each or more, um, $50 for parking. Or if I take the train, it's still $50 for two of us food. We bring our food in, in a clear bag. <laughs> um, it just seems like things are, are getting more expensive. In the theater world, I would say that's perhaps true at, you know, the most expensive things. And I'm not even just talking about the touring Broadway shows. Like, there are some nonprofit theater companies where tickets are $125 for the best seats on the best nights. But I would say at pretty much every other level, ticket prices have stayed pretty stable or gone up like five bucks and i i think theater folks's wages have also stayed the same or go down so like there are plenty of theater companies in the bay area where you can get a ticket for 20 bucks or well, less and, and i think that's what i want to do today is um you know find some bargains and i understand i mean the prices go up everything in the bay area is going up but um i still see in comedy and in movies, still some really good deals around that people maybe don't know about because, hey, I'm going to go spend $100 on Kevin Hart and I don't realize there's some people putting on some pretty good reliable shows here for a very small amount of money. And uh, that's kind of what I, what I wanted to get into. I'd be really excited to hear about the movie deals because I feel like I'm spending upwards of 30 bucks on a movie ticket now. And I am just like theater, live theater is less expensive than this a lot of the time. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, I'll get to movies. I wanted to actually, though, I went through the archive as I'm want to do and looked at some prices for like some really classic things over the years um, that'll make people crazy mostly. Um, the Last Waltz. Tickets were twenty dollars. Now this is the um, oh. this is yeah that was considered <laughs> crazy high. This is nineteen seventy six, the last performance by the band with a bunch of other of their guests. Martin Scorsese is filming the Last Waltz. Twenty dollars. Everybody thought that was insane, and you got like a free Thanksgiving dinner, and it, right. it went on for what like two days. Bob Dylan was there. Yeah. Like oh, man. Ev everyone was there. Yeah, yeah. So um, here's another one. Prince coming for the Purple Rain tour in 1985. Again, people were so outraged by the ticket prices. Coming to the Cow Palace, 1750. <laughs> 17, and people were. I mean, we have a front page story about how like outraged people are with the 1750 tickets, and you can only get four. And um, so I found that that's like the going rate for a cocktail now or <laughs> yeah. something. Um, and uh, finally, the snack concert. That's Bill Graham's like legendary concert at Kezar Stadium. Ideen, do you know about this? I, only from the thing that you wrote about it. Yeah, yeah but like who was there? Uh, everyone, literally everyone from Dylan to Santana to Led Zeppelin to Marlon Brando, <laughs> Willie Mays, <laughs> The Dead. Five dollars. No. <laughs> so that was no. in 1975, and that was a fundraiser. Um, so, and then finally, oh, I, I do have, I do have one more King Tut tickets in 1979. And this was another one. People thought these were so crazy. It's at the De Young Museum. King Tut is going to come. They're going to bring the actual, you know, like big deal mask. 
and it was uh, uh, four fifty, <laughs> two fifty <laughs> for juniors. Yeah. So by contrast, that snack concert you mentioned was a fundraiser, and they were charging five dollars. I went and saw Metallica this weekend play an acoustic show for their uh-huh. foundation. The balcony seats, the cheap seats, started at two hundred and fifty dollars, and then. I'd never seen this before, but on the floor where there would normally be a pit at a Metallica concert, they had laid out Persian rugs, couches, and these tables with bottle service. And those seats were going for like $6,250 on eBay. But anyway, that's how now, now that's the going rate. Well, let's let's use our combined expertise here to tell people some bargains that are out there that maybe they're not thinking about. Um, Lily, I wanted to start with you. All right. So I've got two kind of general tips and then a few specific companies to check out. So almost every mid-level and all the way to like our equivalent of off, off, off Broadway, pretty much all of those theater companies do pay what you can previews. And so previews are every performance before opening night. And so you could show up with a dollar um, and they would let you in. Yes, the show might still change between then and opening, but you're also kind of a part of determining what the final product will look like. Like if you are that guy who laughs really hard, then (laughs) then the artists know, oh, that joke really landed. Um, so companies that do this include Shotgun Players, New Conservatory Theater Center, The Rhino, Z Space, City Lights, Dragon Theater Company down in Redwood City, Crowded Fire. And then there are a couple of companies that have pay-what-you-can shows all the time. Um, Ubuntu Theater Project, um, which just got featured in American Theater Magazine for having a pay-what-you-can subscription. So, you know, a dollar for... I don't even know how many plays these guys do, like six, seven, eight per year. And it's like some of the most innovative, creative, daring theater you could see. I mean, they did a streetcar earlier this year that made me feel like a streetcar named Desire was a brand new play. Theater of Others, which is a company I haven't even gotten to check out myself yet, but they're here in the Tenderloin. They do Shakespeare, and it's pay what you can also. So then if there are theater companies that don't um, have pay what you can previews, you can volunteer usher. And so, you know, you show up a little bit early, you wear all black, maybe, you hand out programs or scan tickets, and then almost always, unless it's a completely sold out show, you get to see the show for free. I know people who go from theater company to theater company and are volunteer ushers at all of them and have like this spreadsheet schedule of where they're going to be each night. This is what I'm going to do when I'm no longer the theater (laughs) critic at the Chronicle and I've got to really watch my theater going dollars. Um, I know Berkeley Rep does that. They have this army of volunteer ushers. So then um, a couple more. There's Endgame's Improv. And so improv isn't specifically my beat as a theater critic, but I just did a, a big uh, pink cover story on on improv. And their shows are like free to $10. Um, if you show up at 9 o'clock on a Friday night and get your name on the list, then you can get into their 1030 show for free. There's actually this show called Your Effed Up Relationship. And they bring an audience member on stage to talk about 
this really messed up like romantic relationship from their past and one of the troop members interviews and gets all the the sorry and sordid details and then they act it out and it's hilarious and wonderful and hella chill sorry this is awesome <laughs> you're you're opening like a whole world to us right now of like i feel like i could watch good Should theater we let people know about this yeah, i know this is like cancel the podcast <laughs> yeah this is a premium podcast everyone it's this is awesome yeah um I I would go see them every weekend if I could. And same with this other group I want to recommend, the San Francisco Neo-Futurists. They're at Piano Fight. Tickets are 14 to $19. They're every weekend. And also at Piano Fight, you can always get like a drink or a whole dinner, um, also very reasonably priced at the venue right before the show starts. It's a great vibe just in the like in the lobby area. There's always live music. There's always a place to sit. It it's it's just a great place to be. But so this show, um, it's called the Infinite Wrench, and it's thirty short plays in sixty minutes. And by short, I mean very, very, very short. Sometimes they're just a couple of seconds long. It's just like a visual sight gag. But they're racing against the clock. At least some of the shows are new every week, and it ranges from like puppet shows to confessional monologues to audience guessing games it's just a real testament to the wealth of creativity that humans are capable of i would absolutely be there as often as i possibly could if i didn't have to go to other shows and it wouldn't hurt my wallet too much wow that was that was uh impressive i i can't i can't top no you you have to i mean you're next well that's fine san francisco well the bay area in general is a great place to live to see i mean free music there's there's a lot of cheap music which i'll talk about but we have hardly strictly bluegrass festival which is three days almost a hundred acts and a lot of them are really amazing um we have the stern grove festival every summer which you know, goes through from June through August and it's every Sunday there's a free show and you get great people like Mavis Staples or Michael Franti or Nikki Bloom. Um, we have the Yerba Buena Gardens Festival that also runs through the summer and that's everything that has puppet shows as well and ballet and getting a real theme here. Puppets are affordable. Music <laughs> and uh, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of exciting stuff. Um, my big thing now is uh, when I go, when I have to go see a show at like one of the big arenas and I pull in and there's the big sign that says parking $60. And I'm ah! like, the thought that always goes through my no! head when I, as I'm handing over the money is I could be watching, I could go to bottom of the hill for a week and see lots of amazing acts just for the price of parking here, you know, and the uh, the re- arena shows that adds up, you know, the ticket prices are generally start in the ninety, you know, ninety dollar range, and then you pay sixty dollars for parking, and once they have you there, everything's inflated in price. You know, the beer, the uh, the t-shirts. So you're talking about spending five hundred, seven hundred dollars just to go see a concert. And you think you might only be paying the ticket price or something, and then you show up and you don't know how par- 
expensive parking is, yeah. I that would kill me. Oh, oh my, goodness. my god! You ride your bike everywhere. We should mention. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I'm pretending like I park. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 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 definitely bad. Uh, but the the great thing is there are all those amazing venues in the Bay Area where you can still see a show for ten bucks for twelve dollars. Um, you know, one of my favorite spots is the rickshaw stop, which is tiny and they always have amazing, like Sam Smith played his first American show there. Um, I've seen, you know, Tune Yards there, Ty Siegel. It's it's tiny. It's affordable. Um, we have Bottom of the Hills still around. In, in uh, Berkeley, we have Gilman, 924 Gilman, which, you know, Green Day got its start and it still hosts amazing punk shows. Um, the Ivy Room in Albany. I just bought Ivy Room tickets for American Steel, which is a established punk band that are coming back doing two comeback shows and the tickets were i mean it was like 15 dollars and i mean oh you got ripped off they're usually eight dollars for that venue um but like you know uh billy joe armstrong when he wants to take out one of his when he's bored on a tuesday night and he wants to play with his friends he'll go and play at the ivory room it's and it's like eight bucks and (laughs) that's amazing it's really there's a lot of great clubs and then you know the places like the Fillmore and the independent and the Masonic, they're still, even though they get these really big touring acts, they're still relatively affordable. You can get tickets for $20, $25. And these are, these aren't scalp tickets. These are, you know, if you pick the right night and you just want to go hang out at the Fillmore because it's an amazing venue and you usually can't go wrong, you know, with what they book. So, and, and I think Lily brought up a good point that it's more and more expensive for these venues to stay around. So I'm not certainly not blaming the Masonic or blaming the Great American Music Hall or any of these venues that are bigger in dealing with volume that it's an expensive night out. It just means you have to be maybe a little more selective or I think when there are venues like that, it just becomes more vital to know about a few that um are a much better bargain. And and maybe I'm going to go to a few more of those. Ivy Room is a great example. Um, I got a couple of movie theaters. You wanted to know movie yeah, theaters? Yeah, I, I really want to know. Go to Oakland. That's my answer. <laughs> the new Parkway, everything is $10. They have Ooh. they have couches. And it's, it's basically an old converted warehouse that they put into a two-screen theater. Wait, couches in the theater? They have couches. They have beanbag chairs. But it's clean. It's chill. And... The food prices are super, super low. I'm not going to tell you the prices, but they're like half of what you think you're going to pay at a movie theater. Plus, they have like Italian sodas and stuff. I'm making it sound pretentious. It's not. No, it's no, a great no. place. That and they won't. This is, this is crazy. They won't take tips. Like you try you keep the change. No, we don't take tips. All right. They have this thing where they don't take tips and they pay all their people a living wage. And then finally, and I hesitate to even say this about the new Parkway, but they have Karma Cinema. And their karma cinema is pay what you want. Now, I hope like half the people who are going to karma cinema are paying more than $10. But um, I think it's it speaks to the spirit of the place that it's like if you're a student who's struggling or if it's the end of the month and you're having a tough time, you can come see a movie here one night a week 
and when your ship comes in, please come back and give a little bit more. So Karma Cinema. I've never heard anything about that like that in the Bay Area yeah. in a movie place. I didn't know movie places did pay what you can. That's great. Yeah, so that's the new Parkway in Uptown Oakland. And then my other movie recommendation, and I, rec- I, I write about this theater more than anyone, but it's the best theater in the Bay Area. The Grand Lake Theater in um, Oakland is still charging $11 for they have first run movies their projection their um, all their audio everything they put into it is totally top flight I've seen their projection room it's the same projectors that Pixar has in their projection room when they're doing their dailies I mean it's crazy Alan Michon's the owner he's put a ton of money into it no commercials no video games in the lobby he basically is trying to keep it like it's the 1920s and free popcorn on Mondays. <laughs> and he was talking to me. He just bought the the building. He had been leasing it on like this 99-year lease. He bought the land outright. He owns it now. And he's even talking about spreading out the p- free popcorn over one more day. I don't think he's done it yet, but Monday is free popcorn day. So Grand Lake Theater, 11 bucks for a first-run movie. Um, I think that's a pretty good deal. And the no commercials thing, you just saying that makes me realize how much I dread going to movie theaters early now because I'm going to get bombarded with all those awful, awful ads. Yeah. How lovely to be able to escape that. Yeah. They show every once in a while, he'll show like a local documentary and uh, that some local person did for a few minutes. And that's about it. They show the trailers and that's it. Idine, you talked about venues, like certain venues, just you feel like they're a good bargain. I feel that way with the Masonic. Um, now I'm taking public transit there, and now uh-huh. that my bike mentor, uh-huh. Lily Janik, has gotten me on my bike more, I'm, I'm taking my bike more at night into events and branching out a little bit. Right on, Peter. <laughs> Go forth, young grasshopper. <laughs> little baby steps. But um, I, I, you know, not factoring in parking there, I think like Masonic, I think of like Chapel. Chapel has like great acts and it's a just a special night. So much of it for me is the is the the destination and the memory of it. And if you're going to a place, Chapel is what a converted mortuary? Um something like that. Yeah, but it, it's yeah, it's an amazing venue and and you have all of Valencia Street there, so it's a great neighborhood to hang out and you can go get dinner on the cheap, see a show. And, you know, it's it's not going to it's not going to cost more than 100 bucks for you and a friend to do that, which is. And I want to, you know, also there's SF Jazz, which, you know, in the main room, it can get kind of expensive if you're seeing a big name. But they also have the Joe Henderson Lab, which is just off to the side and they get a lot of great shows in there, which are sometimes free, sometimes, you know, on the really cheap side. So. You can experience even the higher end venues under the right circumstances for without without spending too much. And I also wanted to give a shout out like what you were saying, Peter, about just having a good vibe um, from a particular venue. I always feel that way at the exit theater. First of all, free, safe bike parking inside off the street no other theater does that okay unrelated i know but they always have like this these free pretzels you can get and if you want a glass of wine or to take into the show with you it's like five or six bucks maybe like way better a way better deal than anywhere else they have three stages in there you'll have some amazing weird off the wall show 
to pick from. Maybe it's new every weekend or something. And it, it just has this wonderfully unpretentious, old school San Francisco vibe. Um, obviously, you know, just the topic of this podcast, we're not mentioning a lot of the big players, but like the symphony and opera, I think go out of their way to have a lot of programs and outreach programs that are of various prices. So maybe opening night is kind of expensive, but there's going to be um, another conductor or someone else doing something. And there's usually ways that you can experience symphony and opera. I think the comedy version of that for me is Punchline. They've got a showcase every Sunday night. You're at the Punchline. It's this historic, you know, awesome comedy venue. And yes, it's a showcase, so it's newer comics. But a lot of great comics have come through San Francisco. I mean, that's consistent. So if you're going to the showcase every other week or once every month or two, you're probably going to see someone who's pretty big. And the tickets are thirteen fifty, which is, I mean, next to nothing for a comedy club these days. Comedy Oakland, probably a year ago, I would have mentioned them at the beginning of the podcast. Um, their prices are super low. They don't have the two-drink minimum. It's on Webster Street. They get pretty good comics. I've written a couple stories about them. Their prices have gone up a little bit, um, usually. 15 to 20 dollars but they don't have the two drink minimum and and the guy who runs it uh samson kolakar he really makes sure he gets a good mix with a couple of people in there who are pretty established locally and then some newcomers um, i also just think there are a lot of young comics who are really scrappy and are putting on their own showcases at you know everywhere from the white horse in oakland to uh, the Starline Social Club to there's a group that puts on comedy at the new mission in one of the theaters every week. I'm going to mention one name, Irene too. She's a very good local comic and she's, she's usually, awesome. She's awesome. Thank you. And she usually has like three or four comedy events going on any given month. A lot of them are weekly. Just go to her website, Google Irene too. And Everything I've seen, she always brings in good comics. She's really conscious about giving people a good time. They're usually totally cheap. Matt Lieb is another guy locally who promotes a lot. Uh, Nato Green, I've had a, a weird one-sided feud with him. He's got a thing with me, but he, he puts on a lot of shows and makes sure he gets good comedians there. And there's a lot of bargains if you go kind of below that level in comedy. There's a lot of also a lot of free stuff with comedy. Sometimes that's... A little you know hit or miss but there are a lot of places where you pay five dollars and you're going to get a really great night of comedy if you look around you know musically some of the best experiences there are these house concerts happening now you know which are really cool because they don't have to pay the venue fees they don't have to go through all the traditional routes um so they're playing in someone's living room and it's a cheap show. It's an amazing, you know, intimate venue. Um, Casey Turner actually does a lot of those. Um, and, you know, you can see someone like John Vanderslice or Essence or some, someone really cool local. Some touring acts come through. But that, I love house concerts. They're a lot of fun. Cool. I've seen, I've noticed, I don't know about you, Ideen, but I've noticed, I live in Alameda in the street fairs. The quality of the street fair uh, band is getting better. Now, I remember when I moved into The Hate, and, and this crosses over with another podcast on the big event, you talked about seeing Jefferson Starship. And right. I remember seeing Jefferson Starship in The Hate for free um, in, uh, it was probably 2000. But anyway, in Alameda, I'm like, Petty Theft is playing. Like, I've just been walking down the street at a street fair, and Petty Theft is playing there. That is a great Tom Petty cover band. Right. And the Fillmore Street Fair always gets great jazz acts. Um 
we can't we can't forget to mention the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk where yes. you can see like during the summer there's no better place to see bands like Blue Oyster Cult, Y&T, Y&T. Smash Mouth, <laughs> Y&T. totally free, yes. Santa Cruz, beautiful, warm, the yeah. beach is right there. Yeah, Smash Mouth and Y&T. You know when you say Y&T, it I just know. becomes a podcast about it Y&T. It was a trigger word. Yeah. <laughs> um, other, other thoughts, uh, Lily, anything else you guys want to add? Well, I mean, we're getting into summer, and I'm, I miss you, summer, but you'll be back soon. Um, I mean... Free summer theater is like its whole thing. You've got the Mime Troupe, the Tony-winning San Francisco Mime Troupe, which tours throughout Northern California, like up to Ukiah, all over the place. San Francisco Shakespeare Festival, which is all over the Bay Area and runs for months. Both these things are completely free and wonderful. So when people say that like Shakespeare, for example, is completely inaccessible, I just, I don't know, that that bugs me a little bit because the good folks at SF Shakes have been bringing, like, very high-quality productions of Shakespeare to audiences in, like, neighborhood parks completely free for years, for years. And then there's the peripatetic players, which do, like, family-friendly theater in really, really small parks, like the Noe Valley Town Square, which is a park I learned about recently. <laughs> so summer is really where it's at if you want free theater. Very good. I think my main takeaway here is um, we all need to just stop complaining about the uh, expensive Taylor Swift tickets or just ratchet down the complaining. Well, it's if, worth a little if, bit of complaining. If you want to see Beyonce, that's still going to set you back, you know, yeah. a week's salary. But <laughs> I, I think we've offered a lot of options here. Um, so I'm very happy with this podcast. I'm already in my head. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> I'm welcome. glad we've lived up to your expectations. <laughs> you have. You've exceeded them, Lily. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm already kind of mentally planning a sequel. Who Who do you think we should recruit next within our ranks? For uh, well, I'm always interested in cheap eats. And the other thing is, art. I would get uh, Charles down here because yes, I want to go to the MoMA, and it is just too too expensive. And I think museums. I would love to hear about you know, seeing art on the cheap. Uh, so get Charles down here. Charles Desmarais. And let's, let's bring in Cosman, you know. Uh, first of all, he's the wittiest person in the arts and features department. So this man needs to be podcasting all the damn time. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to know his, like, ends to seeing those symphonies and operas on the cheap. So um, Joshua, I think that's a great... Charles and Joshua, those are great ads. Yes. Okay. So, uh, in short, uh, things are crazy expensive. However. However, we've given you a lot of options. Just look a little. Just look a little <laughs> bit, and you'll find them. Look a little bit, and you'll find the them. The Datebook site is a great resource for all this. Datebook site is a great resource. <laughs> Subscribe to the Chronicle. And it's really pretty now. Our new site, by the way. If it's... you haven't looked us up recently on the web, we're so much prettier than we used Datebook. to be. Datebook.sfchronicle.com. Yeah. Awesome. So we've plugged that. Um, and thank you both for coming in. Thank you. That was fun. You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to Ideen Vaziri and Lily Janik. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Executive producer is Fernando Diaz. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. 
Music is Mozart's Symphony 40 in G minor by Blue Dot Sessions. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.